You give because it's time to give. You take communion because it's time to take communion. Everything is routine and predictable. I read a study that suggested after you have sung a song about 30 times, you really no longer think about the meaning of the words. So what do you do when you feel disconnected from God? What do you do when you've lost your spiritual vitality? You've lost that excitement, that cutting edge in life. What do you do? Well, in 2 Kings 6, there is the miracle of the floating axe head. And to say the least, it is a bizarre miracle. But it teaches us some spiritual truths. Now, whenever God puts a miracle in the Bible, He intends for us to find the eternal principles that can be applied to our lives in any age, any generation. So follow along with me as I read this. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, one version says the school of the prophets, they actually had prophet training schools. As we might have a preacher training school, they had schools where you could go and you could train to be a minister, train to be a a prophet. Not every prophet was called by God in a spectacular, miraculous way. Some folks just made the decision to be prophets. So they have this school, and they said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. So let us go to the Jordan, that'd be the Jordan River, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to live. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. And they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. A couple of things. Number one, iron was very rare. And so to have an iron axe head would be the modern day equivalent of having a top of the line tool. It would be like, it would be like a handsaw compared to having a top of the line table saw. I mean, to have an iron axe head was to have the very best tool available and also it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. Then Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Every time I read this, I I ask myself, why in the world is that in the Bible? Why in the world did God in His eternal wisdom decide to take up seven verses to tell us about some guy who lost an iron axe head? Would we be that worse off if it wasn't in the Bible? Well, it's in the Bible to teach us four spiritual truths on what to do when you've lost your spiritual vitality and you no longer feel like you're connected to God. Now, the key principle that we're going to use in this lesson, it's this. 
we're going to let the axe head symbolize spiritual power in your life. Now, the reason why we can do this is because in the story, when the guy loses the axe head, he loses the power to build and do what he wanted to do. So, when I say to you, you've lost your axe head, what I mean is, what are you going to do that now that you've lost your spiritual power, your spiritual connection to God? So, what do you do? Here is the first step. Admit that you lost it. If you don't feel connected to God, if you feel that you're not where you once were in your spirituality, the first thing you have to do is admit it. You have to be willing to admit that you are not as close to God as you used to be. Stop living in denial and face reality. Now notice what this man did. Verse 5. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, and that's a Lord with a lowercase l. He's not referring to him as deity or anything. It's just like uh, Mr. Prophet, you know. Just a title of respect. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. So the very first thing that this guy does is he admits that he lost it. He confesses it to someone else. When he lost the axe head, he lost his power and ability to get the job done. Now, he could have done a couple of things after he lost it. Number one, he could have used it as an excuse to quit working altogether. He could have said, well, I've lost my axe head, and so I'm not going to be able to do any more work. I quit. I'm going to let somebody else do it. I've met a lot of Christians like that. They said, well, I, I've lost it. I'm just not as close to God as I used to be. And so I'll just stop serving him. I'll stop going to church. I'll, I need to take a break. I deserve it. I'll let somebody else do it. So he could have used it as an excuse to not do anything. Second thing is he could have pretended like he still had it. He could have kept chopping with no axe head and said, maybe if I just keep moving up and down, nobody will notice that I've lost it. I'll just keep going through the motions and, and, you know, maybe you know, everybody will think everything is okay. Well, the problem with that is it produces a lot of sweat, but no productivity. Right? A lot of Christians have lost their axe head, but they're still going through the motions of pretending like they're close to God when they're really not. I mean, could you imagine this guy? Maybe he figured, you know, the axe head's gone, but I'll just get behind some bushes over here and I'll just let everybody think I'm still going just with this right here. They look over there and say, man, that guy is really working, isn't he? They don't know he's lost the axe head. 
Isn't that sometimes how it is? It's, well, I'm not going to let anybody know that I've disconnected from God. I'm just going to keep going through the motions and pretending like everything is okay. One of the saddest verses in the Old Testament is about Samson. You remember the story of Samson and Delilah? Samson, the guy with the long hair? There's a passage that says, Samson lost his power and he did not even know it. Isn't that sad? Have you lost your spiritual vitality? Have you lost your closeness to God? How do you know if you've lost your accent? How do you know if you have lost your connection with God? Well, a couple of things. Number one, you start losing your love. Things don't move you anymore. You can sit through service after service after service and it's not touching you. You have lost the fire. What's happened? Serving God has become a duty and you're doing it just because it's the right thing to do but you really don't have any joy or energy in it. And so one sign that you're not as close to God as you used to be is spiritual things don't really move you anymore. Second thing is I lose my faith. This is Psalm 73 too. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped I had nearly lost my foothold. In a spiritual slump, you tend to lose the vision of what God wants to do in your life. You're not stretching, you're not growing, you're not reaching out in faith. Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are right now? If you answer yes, then my next question is, what are you going to do about it? The most difficult step is to humbly admit, to humbly say, Lord, I have lost my connection with you. I am not as close to you as I once was. And so the first step in reconnecting with God is we have to be ready to admit that we're not as close as we used to be. And then the, the second step in recovering your spiritual vitality, the second step in recovering your connection to God, is you have to be willing to acknowledge where you lost it. You have to acknowledge where you lost it. This man identified the exact place where he lost the axe head. In verse 6, the man of God asked, Elisha asked him, where did it fall? And it says, he showed him the place. He said, where did you lose it? And he said, well, uh, right over there. That's where I lost it. Do you know how or where you lost your closeness to God. There are a lot of reasons 
that cause people to get disconnected from God. And if you can know where you lost it, then you can identify it. And identifying it is the first step in getting back onto the road to recovery. So here's five possible areas. Number one, distractions and busyness. We get so busy with other things that we have a tendency to forget God. And I'm not talking about bad things. I'm talking about good things. Being with your family, and involved in doing some kind of hobby, those are good things, but sometimes we get involved with those things to the point that we disconnect from God. Second thing is disobedience. We're not doing what God wants us to do. When we ignore the basic principles of the Bible, the clear commandments of the Bible, it is an automatic disconnect from God. Third thing is resentment. This is a major thing that causes people to disconnect from God. If you hold on to anger... It's an automatic disconnect and you're going to go through a spiritual slump. And then a fifth thing, well, fourth thing, I saw four up there already. Oh, there are four. Is, we have a screen back here too. So uh, y'all don't need to look, y'all look forward. None of you turn around. Don't none of you turn around. And there's clowns back there too. Don't turn around and look at them. It says, relying on your own power and pride. What often happens is I stop depending on God and I say, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I can make it on my own. I don't need to pray every day. And what happens is you become arrogant and prideful and you disconnect from God. You were never meant to live your life totally on your own power, but on God's power. And then number five is carelessness and laziness. When I get lazy or careless, I stop doing the things that I know keep me close to God. I stop fellowshipping other Christians. I slack off in my church attendance. I don't have a daily prayer time. So if you want to get out of a spiritual slump, the first thing you have to do is admit. I am not as close to God as I used to be. The second thing you need to do is uh, acknowledge where you lost it. Where did you get disconnected? If it's not one of these five areas or categories, then write down the cause of spiritual dryness in your life. It might be anger or fear or fatigue or divorce or finances, or maybe has something to do with a job, write it down. Acknowledge where you lost it. And then the third step is expect God to restore it. You've admitted that you're not as close as you used to be. You've acknowledged there are some things in your life that have taken priority over the Lord. Now the third thing is expect Him to restore it. Now this is what is called the faith step. 
So maybe you could write that in the margin. Just write that to the left of the point. If there's a little margin there, write the faith step. I must believe that God can and will bring me back into a close relationship with Him. Now this is verse 6. Then Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. That's just kind of bizarre, isn't it? And so Elisha asked this guy, where did you lose the axe head? Where did it fly off? Where did it go? And he says, well, it, uh, it went over right over there. And so Elisha, he, he cuts a stick and he throws the stick into the water and the iron axe head miraculously floats to the surface. So what's the significance of, a, of the stick? None, as far as I can tell. Listen, the stick really doesn't have anything to do with the miracle. It was simply a visual demonstration of faith on the part of Elisha that God was going to give this guy back the thing that he had lost, his axe head. The key point is this. God specializes in doing the impossible. He specializes in doing the impossible. All things are possible with God according to Matthew 19.26. Let me ask you a question. What seems impossible in your spiritual life right now? In the spiritual realm, in your spiritual life, what seems impossible to you? I will never be close to God again. I will never be blessed by God again. I will never be used by God again. I will never have God's power in my life again. If you think that it is impossible for you to ever be close to God again, maybe because of something you did or something that happened to you years ago, you are wrong. This is what Jeremiah said to the nation of Israel. Jeremiah fifteen nineteen. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. So have you lost your connection to God? This text says that you need to repent and you need to be willing to let the Lord restore you. Did you notice that the text said the axe head was borrowed? Now, probably quite a few of us have stories that we could tell about things that have happened when we had a borrowed tool. You lost it. You broke it. It got stolen. When we used to live on South Schillinger Road, uh, we had a neighbor. The guy could do anything. He built an addition on his house. Uh, he added bathrooms, put an air conditioning system with vents, restored cars. Had one car he kept in one of those bubbles. Have you ever seen those bubbles? They Sometimes it, it uh, keeps the air and atmosphere just right. So whenever we had a problem, we just called him over. He could fix washers, dryers, anything. Well, I was using his power washer one day. You know, and, you know, you have the power washer thing go on, and bam, something went out on the power washer. Always happens when 
you have it when you borrow it. So I took it back to him and I said, listen, uh, I will pay for whatever it costs to fix it. And he said, no, no, there probably was a problem already. And he probably was right. There probably was a problem when I got it. How I figure. I don't think like the washers just blew when, when I used it. Of course, I probably abused it a little bit, not knowing how to take care of the equipment. And so uh, he said, well, if that makes you feel good. So he, he fixed it, and, and I paid for it. And uh, from then on, I really hesitate to borrow something. I, I just let my house go to pot before I borrow somebody's tool to try to, you know, patch a window or, or something like that. But the, great, the, the larger principle here is, is this. Everything in your life is borrowed, in a sense. Everything in your life, God has given to you as a loan for you to use while you're here. Even your husband. The Lord has loaned your husband to you for the time that you're here. And I know some of you are thinking, listen, if my husband is on loan from God, I hope he forecloses on it and takes it back. Take him on back. The good news is you can reconnect to God. You can plug back into His power and you can, you can break out of your spiritual slump. How do you do it? Now here's the fourth step or the fourth key. Reach out and receive Him. Reach out and receive Him. Now it's a very powerful principle in verse 7. Elisha said to the guy, this is after the axe head floated to the surface, iron axe head. He said, lift it out. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Now here's the key point. This is so incredibly powerful. I have to do my part. God could have just as easily put the axe head back on the axe handle for the guy. But he did not do it. He made it float, but the guy still had to do his part and reach out and take it. You have to do your part in reconnecting to God. He can make salvation available to you. He can make church available to you. But you have to be willing to reach out and receive it. You have to do your part. This is Revelation 2. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. If you've been distracted or disconnected from God, there are three things that you need to do according to this passage. Number one, you need to remember. Do you remember what it was like when you were close to God? Think about how you used to feel when you were in the center of God's will with a clear conscience and compare that to how you feel now. Remember. Second thing is repent or return. You need to take these four steps to get back to the Lord. And number three, 
repeat. Do the things that you did at first. Now, what is amazing is that these three steps work in restoring any relationship. How do you restore love in a marriage that has gone dead? Three things. Number one, you remember. Remember what it was like when you first dated? Whew, that's some passion and heat, right? What was it that caused you to fall in love with the person in the first place? You have to remember the good times. And then you have to return or repent. Don't wait for them to come back to you. You take the first step and move forward. And then the third thing is do the things you did at first. That is so incredibly important. Do you know the reason why you fell out of love with that person? It's because you stopped doing the things that you used to do. You no longer send flowers. You no longer call on the phone. You no longer spend time together. Now, I know some of you guys, when you were engaged, you did not do any of those things then. You did not send any flowers. You did not call. You did not spend. But your heart was right because you were simply preparing her for what life would be like after marriage, right? You didn't want her to have any, uh, you know, idealized uh, thoughts about what, what marriage could be. So that's what brings love back. So the, the key thought is feelings follow actions. Feelings follow actions. If you start acting in a loving way, loving feelings will return. So if you will do the things that you used to do when you were in love with the Lord, you will start to feel close to Him again. So people who are connected to God, blessed by God, used by God, have God's power in their lives, are people who want it that way, it's their choice. And it's your choice and my choice. This is Psalm 84. It says, I long to be in the courtyards of the Lord's temple. I long to be. Do you long to be that close to God, or is your attitude kind of like, well, if I can just fit it in between about one and three the Thursday afternoon. The truth is, God won't accept second place. He deserves our very best because He made you, He loves you, and He has made a way to heaven possible for you and me. And the cross proves how much He loves us. And if there was any other way for us to get to heaven, He would not have wasted His time. And so if you can think about the cross and not be moved, you are more disconnected than you realize your axe head has sunk to the bottom of the river. So you have to ask the Lord to Say, Lord, tenderize my heart. Bless my life. Light my fire again. Bring me closer to you. 
What did the man have to do after the axe head was floating? He had to reach out and take it. Why? Because God always requires us to do our part. And so God has done His part for you. He has made this church and services available to you and people who want to love you. You have to reach out and take it. And so if you are away from the Lord, we want to encourage you to take these four steps and get reconnected with God. Will is going to lead us in an, our invitation hymn. If you have a particular need, if you have been disconnected from God and say I just tonight this morning I want to just get reconnected to Him, I want you all to intercede on my behalf. We want to do that. If you have another need, if you need to put the Lord on in baptism, or if we can assist you in some other way, please let us know while we stand and sing.